everybody welcome once again to plenty of noise the radio show slash podcast that is all about emo pop punk and alternative music uh, first of all happy new year to all of you thank you for tuning in once again in this new year 2021 after a hollow horrible horrible year 2020 um this is a podcast slash radio show that I am doing in association with Radio Firework. Me, my name is Nick. I'm the host of this show. I'm a musician myself. I sing and play guitar in a band called Cadet Carter. Please check them out, by the way. And uh, this is my little radio show where I talk to other musicians from various bands and various genres about what it's like to be a rock musician in 2021 with uh, rock music being so um, out of everybody's uh, focus, I should say. And most people that are still into that kind of music and are doing or playing this kind of music are uh, very passionate about it. And uh, this very much applies to my guest tonight. Um, he is the guitar player for a band called The Bottom Line from the UK. And uh, his name is Tom Newton. I've been trying to get Tom on the show for a couple of months now because, first and foremost, uh, my band, Cadet Carter, we were booked to play a tour with The Bottom Line in May of 2020. Now, that didn't happen for obvious reasons, so all the shows got moved to December of 2020, and that didn't happen either. So uh, now we are looking forward to touring uh, Europe on the Happy in Europe tour hopefully in June of 2021. Tickets are available now. If you want to support independent artists and up-and-coming bands, get yourself a ticket because these shows will take place at some point in time, preferably June. I promise you that. And uh, yeah, um, Without further ado, let's jump right into my conversation with Tom. I apologize in advance for the strong language, and I apologize in advance for the firefighting nerd talk that you're about to witness, um, because Tom and I have one thing in common. When we're not doing music, we are both firefighters. So uh, have fun with this. Here is my conversation with Tom Newton off the bottom line on Plenty of Noise. Another fucked up day, another fucked up night In this fucked up town, but you feel alright Took this fucked up car as far away From this fucked up world, but you feel okay You work so hard for a holiday To just avoid the fucking rain Where you wanna Hello, how you doing? Hey. Can you hear me, Tom? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, very that's, well. It's always that's, that, that that's that's the way people introduce themselves nowadays, isn't it? Hello, can you hear me? <laughs> it's, it's the new norm for sure. It's it is. Crazy. It is. How are you? I'm good, man. Yeah, how are you? Uh well, yeah. It's it's all right, you know. I'm pretty sure we should have toured together twice by now. Yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to get this to to get you on the show for a couple of weeks now, but you know, with the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, we're all so so busy, aren't we? Especially yeah. myself. No, right, we're completely flat out. I'm just oh. trying to find a way to turn you down because you're very fucking loud. Hang on, I can turn down the mic. Mm, yeah, can you turn it down a little bit? Is that all right? How's this? Hello, hello. Ah, a little bit louder. A bit louder. How's this then? Tiny bit more. <laughs> oh wow! 
It's a bit like a monitor check now. Hello, hello. Like this, is, this, is, this is the first sound check I've done in a year, so I'm buzzing right now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can, can, I get, can I get a bit more, a bit more of the drums in my in my <laughs> Oh, amazing, man. Yeah. Uh, so, so whereabouts are you then? You're in Germany, right, obviously? I am in Germany, yes. Whereabouts in Germany? Half an hour outside of Munich. Right, okay, cool. Towards the Alps, the good part. The, the beautiful good part. part. But <laughs> isn't it, I mean... Um, normally there is a question that I ask every guest on my show at the end of this, at, at the end of the show. But, um, I want to start with that one tonight because I want to know, have you ever heard of a thing called German compliments? Do you know what German the, compliments? Yeah. Do you know what those are? It seems no. to be kind of a, <laughs> Do I know what those are? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be so American musicians have have told me this actually it seems to be kind of a running gag um, among uh touring bands that come to germany and the german compliment to them is a brutally honest like instant <laughs> review of your gig oh i've had a, i've had a german compliment i've had many german compliments then if that's so, all that is um, there is this one guy uh, who told me that, you know, they did like a killer show in front of 3000 people in Cologne or something. And he's at the merchandise stand after the gig. And this guy walks up to him and he goes, um, this show very good, but why did you get so fat? And you know, that's a German compliment right that there. Of th that, that's um, more or less the definition of a German compliment. So it's it's kind of a tongue in cheek. It is it is a compliment. They do like you, but they have to be like brutally honest and tell you about you know, your that, that is, that's, that's so true. We've been really fortunate. Like we've we've played a lot of shows in Germany since 2016, and I think I speak on behalf of all of us. Like we love playing everywhere. Like we love it. But Germany, that's that's a killer time. You know, every time you tour in Germany. You know the venues are going to be great. You know everyone who works at the venues are going to be amazing. You know the crowd are going to be wild. Like it's just such a good place. You know if if I could play a show anywhere in the world right now, it'd be Germany, hands down. Like we love it. We get looked after so well there. So, but there is plenty of German compliments. One one guy came up to me afterwards, and I won't do a German impression. Your German impression sucks for someone who's German, by the way. <laughs> for, for for someone. That for someone who's like half Welsh, half Bavarian, I I, ca I can't speak either language properly. That is a hell of a mix. That's yeah. a proper crop. Yeah. yeah, this um this guy came up and he was like, "Yeah, I just I can't stand your band, but you know, nice one." Yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, thanks." I was like, yeah. "Thanks, I guess." <laughs> yeah. And he was like, "No, I really hate your band, but yeah, no, good on you." good on you for trying and i was like all right uh, like, we've just given our whole we've given everything to that show we've we, and we nailed it it was a such a good show and then you're like all right cheers but there's always this me. one guy and the best thing was he waited like 10 minutes to tell me that it wasn't like we were at the in the fucking toilets at the urinals and he was like oh hey dude yeah you're you're bad as shit but nice yeah. one he literally stood whilst people were like getting CDs from us and we were signing stuff and taking some pictures with some like people. He waited for ages to be like, oh yeah, by the way, don't like your band. Yeah. <laughs> he, he took his time. He took Thank his you time. so much for queuing up to tell me that. That's that's brilliant. But yeah, wicked. What a place. We love Germany. We can't oh. wait to get there. We were on tour with, with Dave Hawes in 2019 and he had this like super fan that was like following us around for two and a half weeks. And at the end of the of the run he came up to the merch stand and he he grabbed Dave by his arm and he went, you know, your new record sucks, but I'll take the vinyl in all three colors. And Dave was like, well, thanks, I guess. I mean... Can you be annoyed with that? Like, oh, by the way, your music's shit, but I'm going to buy your yeah, stuff. Because, Thank you. you know, you, you, made, you, you made an effort, man. You came, you came over to Germany. Let's, let's just... It's, wow. it's funny. Yeah. So yeah, so um, long story short, you have come across German compliments then. A oh, of times. I, I, think, I think another one I got was um, your band are very good, but you all jump too much. I think that was another one. Oh, that wow. really stuck. We jump too much. I mean, we jump a lot. We're a pop punk band and we like, if the crowd, like you're probably the same, you guys are the same. Like 
if you're in a pop punk band, the whole thing about a pop punk band is the energy, it's the show, it's the best bit, it's why you Absolutely. do everything, it's why you sleep on floors, it's why you fucking drive for hours on end, it's why you're always broke, it's because getting on that stage and playing in a round room when they're going fucking crazy is is the bit. That's that's what it's all about. That's your payment. That is why you do it, right? Absolutely. And if the crowd are into it, we get more into it. The more into it we get, the more into it the crowd get. And it's just this constant arm wrestle of just going fucking crazy until you finish and everyone's pumped. And Same yeah, man. in Germany, the crowds just take it up to like level 12. Like it's insane. And we just go mad. And I've, I've done moves on stage I didn't know I could do until I did them. I'm like, fucking hell, I just jumped yeah. off that thing. Like, I have no idea how, how it's Look what like I've just me. done. <laughs> Seriously, there's some time, there's some pictures of me like in the air, like doing this crazy thing. And I'm like, <laughs> You know, if someone said to me for a million pounds, do that now. I don't know, but you get so like full of adrenaline and you're so hyped that you just do weird things. And uh, yeah, that was a, that was a German compliment. Yeah, you guys, you know, great band, but you just jump, just fucking calm down. I was like, all right, that's. <laughs> um, do you guys feel comfortable with the label pop punk? Yeah, hundred percent. I, you know, I don't get people's beef with it. Like whatever, pop punk. It's popular music. It's got hints of yeah. Punk. I, got, I, 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 I haven't got a problem with it either. But I've you know we have those discussions. Yeah, I do. You know, whatever. Like if if you're comfortable with a label and you like it, be it. If you're not comfortable with a label, don't be comfortable with it. Like yeah. you, you do you. You band, you do you. Do whatever you want. We're a pop. Like we are a pop punk band. I think we're progressing more to be slightly more pop rock a bit more sort of like radio rock radio punk sort of stuff which we're yeah. happy with like we're choosing to do that because that's the route we're naturally going down and i remember being like younger you love a band and, and bands do change and you think why the fuck are bands changing yeah. like, why are they doing that and well it's because the people are changing like life's changing and as you go through your life you become different and you're inspired by different things and new things become fun and things just evolve. And I, I, I think pop punk can be whatever you want it to be. It can be fucking blast beats like Travis Barker from fucking 20 years ago. He's going fucking crazy. Or it can be real radio friendly, all time low sounding stuff, whatever. It's completely up to you. And I think it's such a, a broad spectrum. And to be honest, you look at like, you look at just punk like and pop punk you know i know green day he fucking i think he hates the term pop punk billy joe one of my favorite yeah, bands i think, I think so that. too i think he hates he's the like, term yeah he's like fuck pop punk and if you met him you certainly wouldn't say oh you're a great pop punk band you know they're <laughs> one of the fans of all time and i'd be terrified of meeting him in the first place let alone saying that but if you listen to the song structures and the big guitars and the drums and the bass grooves and the melodies and the hooks that type of genre is still massive today because it's such a simple recipe it's just yeah it's yeah. loud as exciting you've got your your lows and you've got these big drops you've got these big melodic choruses you've got this angst you've got this anger and i think the big drums and the guitars just they like enhance all of those emotions into a song so you know people love it so call yeah. it pop punk call it pop rock call it emo death metalcore rap blues whatever the fuck you want to call it just yeah, yeah. Into it, you're into it so I, i'm super chilled with the, being called a pop band. We are. The thing, with, <laughs> the thing with bands like Green Day or, or Blink is that to my ears, they are always way closer to like pop music, like pop radio music, than they are to say the yeah. Sex Pistols. You know? I mean, absolutely. There's um, there's a really cool uh, like video series with Tom DeLonge where he talks about his guitar playing and his like story. I can't remember. What where you it mean is. the Ernie Ball thing? Um, that's it yeah that's yeah. it and he talks and he says like playing his songs are like nursery rhymes they're basically yeah. just nursery rhymes for teenagers and i think you know i'm nearly i'm 32 in april which is fucking tragic i'm, I'm 34 like he says like it's like nursery rhymes for yeah. older people and if you break down you listen to the blink melodies and the hooks and stuff it's proper simple it's nothing complicated about it it's fucking brilliant it's easy to sing a blink song it's easy to play a blink song but is it easy to write a blink song fuck no that's no. why they're so good and i think like you know green day as well if you can play a power chord you can play every green day song and blink song ever like if you can literally play one chord shape you go and be in a green day and a blink band can't you you can just you can play any song on an acoustic guitar pick it up and sing along and it's great yeah. you try writing it like, it's kind of a rule for my band like you can you play a g chord a d chord and an a chord that's it you're in <laughs> amazing and can you jump oh yeah. okay we'll work uh, on that that's it to yeah. work on the jumping thing but 
Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's what makes it such a, a sessionable genre of music is it is what it is. Like, no one's sugarcoating it. I am not the best guitarist in the world. I'm not oh, fucking slapped. Am I. Okay, but I, I'm so happy when I play my guitar. And when we're playing songs and people are singing back, I would rather be in a sweaty venue like we were in Paris uh, last year where people are crowd surfing over in this like basement venue screaming yeah. out at us. To me, that's, that's the rush. I'd rather do that than solo behind my head in front of 100,000 people. That for me, that's, that's my rush sort of thing. So, yeah. And I think you naturally find where you fit with music and what you play in. Absolutely. I love, punk, I love the formula. I love the songs. I love the bands that have done it for years before. I love the new bands. There's nothing I dislike about it. I don't think cool. there's anything to dislike about it really. So, but yeah. So what, what are you guys up to now? Like, what are you doing? Well, we're super miserable. We're well bored. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be honest. Like we're just, I think a lot of bands are trying to keep a brave face and they're trying to be like, Oh yeah, we're like, we're writing the best album we've ever made. We're doing this and we're ready to come back. I think that's bollocks. I think everyone who plays in bands right now is sad. I think everyone who oh, plays absolutely. music, whether they're a musician, whether they are road crew, whether they're lighting, their sound, their promoters, their venue owners, their managers, everyone is bloody miserable because we're not allowed to do what we've always been programmed to do and what we've always wanted to do. So yeah, we're miserable, but we're healthy. We're happy. Like we've all got our families. We've, you know, we will work, you know, a lot of people in music have to work yeah, more yeah. hard than ever just to be able to be in music. And we're all fortunate. We're all in work. We work all the time. And it's kind of still- a recurring theme, kind of a recurring topic on this show that like that I get a lot of emails from, from listeners and they go, I never knew you guys had like proper jobs. It's so Which funny. Is, it's it, yeah. but but there are so many people that still believe that when you know if you're in a when you're in a band that does like okay, which is what I would say about my band. Um, yeah. That uh, he 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 doesn't. doesn't rock, he doesn't uh, need a proper rock, job. Uh, what do you mean? I, I play know, in right? front of seventy people in every city. <laughs> you know, but people, you, that's you, fucking amazing. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you can't make a living out of this. This is my hobby. <laughs> this is what I love doing. So yeah, 100%. Yeah. you're so right. hundred percent. And I use, there's an example I use, um, the, the biggest show I've ever played in my life, not just for capacity. It was a huge show. Um, was we were direct support to the offspring. Cool. Um, wow. in an ice hockey arena in Prague, the fucking dream. If Doesn't you grow get up better than that, yeah. you grow up with a fucking guitar strap so low around your ankles and you play four power chords for 20 fucking years. And someone says to you, Hey, do you want to come and play with the fucking offspring yeah. in front of, probably 5,000 people, maybe more. I don't know. It was, it was like five, I think it was like, I don't know, five or 7,000 people, something like that. I can't remember. It was the dream. And we were main support. We've played a lot of big shows, but normally it's the first band or the second band or a full yeah. band bill. To be main support to such an outfit like The Offspring. The was, venue is already packed then when you yeah, go, when you guys get on stage. The venue is screaming like the, you know, the whole thing's like a beast. It just comes alive. And I just mem- remember sort of being in our dressing room in this ice hockey dressing room with someone knocking on the door and I felt like I was in the fucking Foo Fighters video yeah, where they- Five minutes, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like going to battle. It was like, we are going to fucking <laughs> blow everyone's fucking heads off in this room. We're going to go out there and we're going to play like our lives depend on it. And we did. And it was- the most special show we've ever played but again to the point what you said about jobs we're there right and we're we're we've just done two weeks in china playing huge you know really good size headline shows between sort of like i don't know 50 people to 350 people for yeah. like nine days yeah. all over two weeks sorry all across china we've landed we've played a headline show in bournemouth which is a seaside town near where i live sold out our first ever headline show We've driven from that for two days to Prague to play of the offspring. And then we're driving through the night to Hamburg from Prague with no sleep, with fucked to get on a plane, to go to America, to join a tour with simple plan, patent pending uh, and set it off. To that was then a hell of a week Canada. that was. Yeah, to then go into, that was two weeks in America to do three weeks in Canada to then finish a show in Canada, fly home. The day we land in England, the very van that we left in Germany would meet us at the airport with our back line. And then we started a two-week tour with water parks in the UK before having one day off, going back out to Europe for a headline tour, coming back, having three days off and playing with um, Anti-Flag. Uh, at, and um, who else did we play with? Fuck. 
anti-flag, anti-flag. I can't remember. It was um some huge. Uh, so it was fucking huge, and it was like it was this big finish to this. Uh, I think it was like I don't know seventy-day tour or something stupid like that. And getting back to the Offspring show, um, everyone in that room looked at us that night. Looked at me fucking on my fucking box, on my ego riser, fucking giving it everything, thinking, ah, oh, that guy's living the dream, man. Like, fuck. And yeah. then they'd speak after, and they'd be like, you're off to America now, you're going to come. Wow, you're a rock star, man. And you're like, yeah, thanks. That's really cool. The true fact of that whole thing is everyone in that room, everyone there, who made more money in that room? The four guys who have dedicated their whole lives of their money into equipment, into learning their trade, into their profession, the sacrifices, the friendships, the relationships, the jobs, the careers, everything wasted just to get that 25 minutes on stage. Who made more money? Them or the person working on the bar right at the back pulling beer? Who made more money? The fucking person pouring beer made a lot more money than I did. But yet the whole perception of that room was that guy's a rock star because I was doing the rock star bit. I was doing the cool bit, which is amazing. I'd do that for fucking free forever. That's it. The true perception, everyone in that room was like, yeah, they fucking made it. And I bet you there's a lot of people in that room looking at all the bands that night before the offspring thinking, God, I wish I could do that. Like what a life they must have. And they've all got way more money than those guys. (laughs) And it's, it's a, it's a really sad reflection, but it's just true. It's how it is. There is. So my band released a single in mid-November just because we were bored. So we, we our drummer runs a recording studio, so we, we're, we're there all the time and being creative and kind of fighting That's our cool. way through this, you know? And so Brilliant. we released a single and there was this pot, there's a German pop punk podcast and they kind of took our single and made a 25-minute special about it. Because just just because they, I, I guess they like the song, and uh, and the guy goes, so yeah, Cadet Carter are definitely one of the most well-known pop punk bands in Central Europe, and we were like, what? <laughs> yeah. What? You, you realize when we play Cologne, there'll be like fifty people there, and we all get pissed after the show, and 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 when we go home, we know everybody by name. You know, it's just yeah. like it's we are not. It's not about success. Like you said, it's, it's the experience that, that, that got us into it in the first place. Because I have, I have a lot of friends that are like, um, not in the music business. And they go, like you said, oh, you, you're kind of living the dream. So you, you're, you're on tour in, in like Europe and you, you get to go to Italy and France and Belgium and the Netherlands and the UK with like this big act. And, um, and then they go, but you do have a proper job and, and, and you, and you also want to keep it. <laughs> so I, I, yeah. I personally, I needed to, to be grounded because I'll be honest here. When I, 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 I don't know about you when you got off that tour after like eight weeks of being, of living the dream, when you get home, it takes a couple of days, at least for me. Oh, it's like a decompression. It's like yeah, a decompression. To, to, to let it all sink in and, and to get back to like ordinary, like normal all day life. That was hard for me. It's like, I don't know about you, but I, I don't have the luxury of, if I get time off to go on tour, I don't have the luxury to have a week off after tour before going yeah. back to work. I literally, I am begging and doing everything I can just to get the time off for tour. So I've literally left an airport before to come home. As soon as I get through the door, I'm going to work. Like yeah. that, I talked about the, where we did the fucking huge tour like china america canada we were on the road for like you know, 60 70 days i really can't remember it's fucking ages i literally got home and the day i got home i was working part-time in the bar in my town yeah i went from living the fucking dream and the tour was so long it felt like it would never end so you become comfortable in this world where you're like this is amazing yeah and you don't feel like it's gonna end and then suddenly you're like oh my god there's four shows left you know, they, they used to be 50 shows in front of me. Now there's four. Oh my God, there's two shows left. And then you start spinning out. You go home and then suddenly I'm pouring beer and then I've got this dickhead at the bar saying, oi mate, I want fucking, give me a beer. And you're like, fuck you. Like, Do you know who you are talking to, my friend? I'm a really fucking big deal. I'm a massive, famous, fuck. I'm Dave Grohl, motherfucker. Like, why the <laughs> fuck are you making me get you a beer? And then I'm like, oh wait, hang on. It's because... <laughs> I make no fucking money. I'm the bloody me. bartender <laughs> in here. <laughs> to be able to pay any form of rent, to be able to not live on the street, just so I can play in a band. So yes, I will get you your beer, sir. Please wait five minutes. And, yeah. and it, it's that transition between, whoa. And it's, 
it's not an ego thing it's not an arrogance thing it's just i can see why people go off the rails if they do it i was just about years. to say the same thing i know why people get so messed up right. I, I don't touch drugs i'm not into it i fucking love beer but i don't do any substances nothing like that and i never have i really am not interested in it but i can see if you had that personality where actually you always want a bit more, you want more of a rush, more of a kick, if you were exposed to that lifetime all the time I and mean, you didn't have, not discipline, I don't think that's fair because I think some people, it's a different situation for them personally, but if you didn't have that control, you fucking, I can see, you can see it. You can see these stories of people in bands getting messed up and, and stuff. And It's also the environment that you come back to that's kind of defining for that. So if you have kind of a, if you have like, a, a stable uh like long-term relationship and you have a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend at home and you have like parents that you 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 can talk to and like siblings or i don't know a, a good bunch of friends you know but yeah. i've 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 um i've come across a couple of people that are like really famous and they seemed so lost when they were not on tour so 100%. Yeah, so so they were like, that. so this this shit ends next Monday, and I don't know. And then I'm I'm going to be home for like four weeks until mm -hmm. we join I don't know Bad Religion um, on on a on a two week run through Australia, and it's yeah. And those exactly. four weeks are the dangerous bit for him. You know, he's yeah. not he's yeah. he's 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 got it under control when he's on tour. He's not he's not like a massive drinker. He doesn't do any yeah. any uh, any drugs, but when he's home and he's bored, that's when he gets when he gets dangerous. And yeah. so, j just for the listeners, you and I, we have we have something in common. We're both firemen. Yeah, how do you say that in German? Is it Feuerwehrmann or something like that? How do you say it in German? Feuerwehrmann. Say it again. Feuerwehr is Feuerwehr. Feuerwehrmann. Right. Okay. Cool. Because I always. Man. Yeah, I'm. I think me and you are very similar. Like. We are massive geeks. For the oh, fire of service. course we are. I am such a nerd. I see a fire engine and I get so excited still. And I work on them every day and I, I love it. It's the best <laughs> it's, job. I feel like I won a competition and I'm a kid within a fire station. And I'm like, oh, God, this, is, this is my job. I do this. That's cool. It's, um, when we're on tour and we're like, um, and there's a fire or a fire engine and we see a fire engine, someone on the bus goes, what kind of car is that, Nick? And I go, yeah, well, it's a, well, it's, and, and like German, German names for those fire engines are like this long. So it's a Hilfleistungslöschgruppenfahrzeug. <laughs> and they go, what? It's, it's for that. And, and it's, and it's, it's a special car. It's a special truck for this and that. And then they all get bored. So it takes like 10 seconds and then they go, ah, oh, I can't, can't be bothered, man. Don't, don't tell me. What my guys do in the band, what they do to me is, um, uh, I follow a lot of Instagram pages with just fire. Everything. Same I, here, yeah. <laughs> I, follow, I follow a lot of German uh, fire and like European fire trucks because I'm just interested in how you guys do it over there. So that's why I was asking how you pronounce it. Cause I always yeah. see it spelled like, I don't know how to say that, but I don't know about you, but my band, they trick me. They, they lure me in with a question just so they can take the piss out of me. Yeah. Uh, but, they, yeah. they tend to be interested for a split second. So I'm like, they're like, they'll see a truck so um i'm not sure what you call them in germany but over here they're called specials they're alps area ladder platforms they're yeah. a big ladder track with a big hydraulic you know they're yeah. special not yeah it's yeah. called and a turning it, it when you translate it directly it's called a turning ladder so yeah exactly that so yeah <laughs> we call, we call them aerial ladder platforms they're called alps yeah and one will go past and one will go oh tom what's that mate and i'll be like oh and I'm like, oh no, I've just been absolutely fucking rinsed. So I really want to talk about that fire engine and you've asked and I genuinely, even though I know you don't give a shit, I genuinely yeah. respect I can dream that you'd be interested just so we could talk about fire engines. But our tour manager, Rob, um, Rob Hill, he's just an absolute god of a man. He's a legend. He's one of these people that is just super interested in everything. Like he finds everything interesting. Like if you had any job, if you were a pilot, he'd be asking you, so many questions about the plane so many questions that only a pilot would be interested in and he's like that with me so he's really fascinated about the fire service so he'd be like what do you do in this situation like what's this equipment what's but he's not called? taking the piss so he's genuinely interested he's genuinely super he's interested in everything so it's not flattering just for the fire service he's just one of these guys and he and he's very intelligent so 
you'll say something to him and it will stay in. So I'll, I'll say to him, um, oh God, I'm going to really bore you now. But um, we've got this thing in the UK called Jessup and it stands for Joint Emergency Services Interoperability Principles or Programme. It's not it's boring for me at all. So Thanks to all I'm... the listeners. I'll see you next time. <laughs> stay with me. Stay with me. I'm going to come back to that. But it basically, it's the it's a thing we use in the UK when we're going to an incident with multi-agencies, so lots of ambulance, police, uh, highways, council authorities, and fire. It's a big incident. We use this. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about Jessup? No one. They just want to see a fire engine. They want to see the ladder. They want to see the water. They want to see you cutting a car up. Yeah. Rob will be interested, and he'll be like, "Oh, tell me about Jessup," and I'll tell him. And in six months' time, he'll, he'll reel it off. He'll be like, oh, yeah, Jesse, Joint Emergency Services Interoperability Programme. Yeah, it's really interesting. I like what they... And you're like that. What? what? You, what? And <laughs> it took me asked, three months to actually, learn that term, yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm not... Yeah, I'm like, literally, I was like, I'm still trying to understand that. You're not even in the job. You've not paid it any thought since I last spoke to you and you're already better than me. So that's really annoying. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's really funny because... Yeah, I think me and you, we probably share the same thing. We get a lot of abuse from our bands. They're like, oh, you're so boring, whatever. We get yeah, it. Yeah, that was the one of the, when, when, I, when I told my guys, hey, there's this guy in the bottom line who's also a firefighter. Yeah. And they're like, oh, like oh, no, not two of you <laughs> fucking guys. <laughs> I, said it to, I said it to Cal and he was just like, oh, no. Because you can tell they were like, oh, God, when they're together, they're just going to be like, oh, yeah. there's one time at the camp, there's one time at the fire engine and yeah. But, oh, I love it, man. Do you love it? You must love it. Yeah, it's, it is. I mean, it's. I I really wanna. I really wanna tell them about the things that I'm doing there. And you know, I I. It's kind of always like you want to convince them to pick up the job as well for some reason. Oh, so it always ends up. It's like I I guess policemen have have that. They might have that thing as well. So they go so everything that you hear about the police is not necessarily true because this and blah and blah and blah. And I'm the same way. I go, because in Germany, firefighting is something that many people do voluntarily, like in their spare time. It's especially when you, when you, um, when you live outside of, of the big cities, it's kind of a tradition that by the time you turn 16, you join the firefighters. Right. Okay then you get wow. like a proper education and a training and you know, like basic stuff. And, yeah. um, and then there's like, um, I think in Bavaria, we have like 10 million people live in Bavaria and we have 11, like fully professional firefighting, like fire engine, like services, like 11. The rest is more or less based on, on voluntary forces. So, are you on like a, on a pager, like one of these things? Oh, where am I showing you? Yes, it's upstairs. Yeah. Yes. It could so go off you, at any minute though. So are you, um, on, are you on call now? Yeah. That's yeah, the I, thing I, though. When you're, when, you're, when you're in that kind of system, it's not, it's not uncommon for you to go to bed at like 11 and then there's like a siren waking up the whole village at two in the morning and they all go, Oh, I wonder, I wonder what's that all about. And then there's 30 people in the village who just jump in their cars and they get to the fire station and, yeah. and then rock and roll. And, um, and yeah, it's, so we have this like kind of image problem where it's like being a firefighter is a very um, rural thing, I should say. So it's okay. like people from the countryside do it. <laughs> and, Nice. And uh, and that's like you know I keep I I I keep fighting that like um, yeah it's it's I I always want to convince people so it's not that we all like sit together and drink beer all the time so we really do important work it's yeah. the same thing with the vaccination for the pandemic now I I've got an email I got an email about three days ago so in Germany they have like eight levels of 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 or eight categories of people. Yeah. Um, starting with people over 80 years old and then like down to like, I don't know, 25 year old guys that are very, very healthy. And I'm, I'm 34. So I would be in like group five or something. And yeah. since I'm, a, because I'm a firefighter, they put, they put us all into group three. So we might get vaccinated by the end of January instead right, of the okay. end of March or something. So yeah. it does have its advantages, you know, it's, it's, it's an incredible job, but I think when you're, when you're in it, you, sometimes you, it takes a, it takes a working job to make you go, Oh, fuck, fucking out. Like 
this is yeah. quite serious because you just get so I think it's the same with anything you get so used to your surroundings and it, things become so natural to you that you're absolutely you know, going down the road in a fire engine at bloody 80 mile an hour with blue lights flashing and cars going out of the way you know you just sat in the back like yeah so what you yeah, do for dinner that's what I do dinner. this is how <laughs> I roll yeah but then the first time you ever do it you're in the back going Oh, yeah. this is insane. But then the 300th time you're doing it, you're like, "Where did you? What, did you get those shoes? Did you buy them? Oh, cool. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, we're all over there. That's a fire. And um, yeah, no, totally. It's um, it's quite similar. Similar sort of over here. So I'm I'm a I'm whole time firefighter over here. Yeah. So I I do it full time. So I do a a shift system. I do two day shifts, two night shifts, four days off. So I'm okay. based on station for 48 hours a week. Yeah, um, but because I'm such a geek for it, and because of COVID, and because I'm not touring and I'm not doing any music, I also have a pager, and I live uh, three minutes away from a station where so I, I live. More or less, call you anytime. Yeah, yeah. So I I do about fifty, sixty hours a week on a pager on top of my whole time. So wow. it's been a lot of fire engines in the last cool. year. Is it hard for you to combine that profession with like being in a band? Like to... in all, in all, not yet it hasn't been I've been really lucky and the, the people I work with they're really into me being in a band they really like it same they're here really, same here and they love it they're like oh it's really cool and it's always and good I, to have I, a boss that understands <laughs> so get this get this how lucky am I right get this out of the whole fire service in my whole brigade which is 60 fire stations in my whole brigade yeah. my watch manager has got a blink 182 tattoo on his arm Literally, I found you, the only guy yeah. in the fire service that liked You won the watch. lottery there, yeah. So, so when he came to my watch, he was like, you're the band guy. And I was like, ah, uh, you're yeah. the blink guy. <laughs> and he was like, no, seriously, like you've played with Simple Plan, with Offspring, with uh, Bowling for Soup. And I was like, yeah. He was like, you've played Download Festival. And I'm like, yeah, you know what Download Festival is? Because no one else in the fire service yeah. gives a fuck. And he's like, yeah. So I'm I'm super lucky that I've got this watch manager who's totally into it. I, my crew manager is also amazing and the rest of the crew, they're super into it. And they've already said they're like, you know, you, you annual leave where you take holiday for time off. Yeah. They'll do anything they can to help. So, so far, the fire service has been an incredible career for me to be able to do both. I've managed to tour the world and I've never had to turn down a show since I've been a firefighter, cool. which is nearly eight years. I've never cool. had to say no to a show because of That's work. Great. So, so far, so good. Don't know what's going to happen when we come back. Um, you know, if if touring gets busy or things get busy, fingers crossed. I will do everything within my power. I pretty much said to the whole fire service, I will cover anyone's shift for time off. So yeah, fingers yeah. crossed. It keeps going same here. Well, it's but... it's it's the same with me. I've never had to cancel a show, or I couldn't do a show because of because of the job. And um, when I told like my the guys in my band that there's like a second guy in the world that's doing like a pop punk or punk rock band and he's also a firefighter uh yeah they were like i i thought you were the only one so there's uh, a connection there i feel like we found each other so yeah yeah what? and let let's just yeah. let's just freak them all out on tour in june 100%. We'll, we'll, we'll tell them we'll, we'll tell them the worst possible stories we've got yeah. and we'll, we'll drive on it together just to make them feel ill <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh no amazing no it's it's nice to it, yeah i've never i've never met anyone else who's a firefighter that understands what touring is and let's i've never just, met anyone let's just geek about that. for like a week or 10 days or how late how long however, however long that yeah is. We, we, we will tour we will this tour will happen i don't know when i don't yeah. know, you know what the day it's booked but no because our, our booking agent he's also this is very like um not 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 uh, not really suitable for like podcasts but we've talked to our booking agents and they were like committed to getting this stuff going because you know it, it wasn't our fault it wasn't your fault that the shows got got moved and then got got like got moved again and um it's and crazy. i think i don't know about about you and your and your friends and like the the, the people that you surround yourself with but i think if there is one good thing for for music and for musicians about this pandemic, then it will be that there is a newly found appreciation for live music because it went away, you know? I, I think, um, I don't know what it's like for you guys, but being in the UK, I think live music is so oversaturated. It's, yeah, it, it's 
It used to be that a, way here. It's not a treat anymore. So like, I'm, I remember when I was at college, New Found Glory would come over and they would play an hour and a half away from me. And that would be, I'd be obsessed. I'd be like, I need to get a train ticket. I need to get there. And then I'd be like, I need to get there 10 hours early. I don't know why, but I just do. And you'd get there at like eight o'clock in the morning and you'd be like, oh, I'm here, cool. Now what? I don't know, it's raining. <laughs> I don't care. I, I can't leave because the show's on tonight. And you, and then there'd be like an army of kids with you and they'd be like, yeah, I've been here for like nine days. And you're like, oh, okay, let's just chill out. And then you get older and you're like, oh, doors open in 20 minutes. Let's go and grab a burger. And then yeah. you walk in the venue and you just walk in, you go, excuse me, thanks. Oh, I'm at the front. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but back when like, that used to be such an exciting thing and it was just the highlight of your whole, you used to, I used to like rate my life on what show I had coming up. So if I ever got to a period where I didn't have a show booked, I would worry. I'd always have a show, a ticket bought for something. And I think in the UK, there's just so much and it's so disposable that bands come and go so quickly and the bands are playing everywhere. And, and pe- wherever people, you know, if you live in a big city in the UK, you can pretty much go and see a show whenever you want. I want to go and watch a band tonight. Well, let's go and watch one. And I think you mix that with social media. You mix that with, with phones and, and YouTube and, and online stuff. And I think people just took it for granted. And I think because there was so much option, it was always there. So you could just do it when you want. Whereas when we've toured in places like Spain, yeah. we would go to Spain or Italy. The show was like the biggest thing that happened in that town for like a month. And, yeah. and everyone, even if they've never heard of your band, they would buy your record, they would listen to you and they would come to the show and they'd know your words. And that was like a real thing. So I, I just think it's just so oversaturated here that maybe you're right. Maybe this is going to kickstart it and people are going to go, Oh, do you know what? Now I can't just do it whenever I want. I, I want it. I want it. Again. There are, I want it more. Well, there are places in the UK, like my family comes from the North of Wales and um, it's, it's, it, it can get boring over there. Like for punk rock fans, I should say at least. So um, I remember it's not a punk rock band, but I remember stereophonics playing in Clan did yeah, huge places. Band, and and uh, and the town would go mad. <laughs> ah, cool. Amazing. So, um, uh, before before, f- first of all, thanks for doing this. Um, uh, before I let you go, um, what are you guys up to for over the na- next couple of months until we meet for the June tour? So I guess like uh, just like picking up from where we like started, sort of asking about like what we're up to and how we're feeling and stuff, like. Are you guys writing any songs at the moment? Like, do you do any kind of creative work? Literally, before I jumped on this uh, call, which I'm sorry for being late, my iMac decided to just do an update. No worries, man. Um, Callum actually sent me two WhatsApp uh, notes through of two new tracks. One of them's completely ready to go and record, and um, another one's not too far away. But there's, there's like five or six ideas in the works, which I love. I'm so excited by them, but just because we can't get in a room together. We can't get in a room. We can't set up. We can't practice. And also like we, I live an hour away from Callum and Callum lives half an hour away from the other two. So like, we're not all in the small town. We yeah. are a little spread out. We all work. So, you know, even without COVID, it took a lot of planning to get us in the same place to, to yeah. get it done. Um, COVID's just made it really difficult. So there's loads of ideas. And, you know, if we can get, the ideas where they're at now to a stage where we're happy they're going to be great songs like we're really cool. really excited a little bit different you know a little bit heavier a little bit softer some really cool stuff coming out and um you know callum he, he's our main songwriter for sure and you know i think every band has that main songwriter they have that key person that brings an idea to the table and then everyone else will just throw ideas in and then it will just turn and it will change and um you know it's it's a difficult time to be inspired, I think, at the minute. So uh, we're slowly picking back up. We're starting to have conversations again about like, right, come on, let's let's get going. Because right now, there's there's no date where it's like, right, past this time we can go and play shows. Again. No, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I I I, I hope so. you know I want to I want to believe that. <laughs> and and we have to. It's fine. I would take anything I could get right now for sure. Honestly, like just just setting the microphone level when we first started this call was really exciting. It was like, oh wow, I can't hear him. He's too loud. I, I remember this. I've been there before. <laughs> I know this. Uh, well, actually, just quickly as well, just like talking about sound checks. There, was, I've got to say this real quick, funny. That Offspring show we played, the one I mentioned earlier, I'll never forget this. The sound engineer was miles away, so the front of house was literally what felt like four miles yeah. away from the stage. It was so big. <laughs> He's in and, the next uh, town. Yeah. And, and 
guy, this I'm, I'm guessing he was he was Czech. He was massive. He was fucking huge and quite terrifying. And there's us just stood like miles apart. I'm like 50 meters away from Callum. Like, oh yeah, like this is crazy. And then uh, we were doing the sound check and. And I remember being really British and being on the microphone. I couldn't hear my guitar. And I went, <clears throat> in this huge, empty ice hockey arena, excuse me, um, please can I have some more guitar? <laughs> and all I got back from him through the booming speakers was, guitar is fine. <laughs> oh, cool. Do you know what? Actually, yeah, I can hear that now. That's I can fine. hear it now. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it doesn't matter that I can't hear a fucking note that I'm playing. As long as it's good for you, it's good for me because you're fucking massive and I don't want any trouble here. So yeah, that, that was uh, that was a brilliant sound. That was the funniest sound check ever. And it sounded all right when you played actually. So I don't know what you did, but <laughs> but no, like we're we're gonna like we're you know, you hear it all the time, like especially when you're when you're in bands or you've got friends that work in touring or they work in management yeah. or or anything. You know, when you're that kid that buys Kerrang magazine and you read about bands, you have this like Hollywood picture in your head of, oh, they're all best friends and they all hang out all the time and stuff like that. And I think for a lot of bands, that's true. For a lot of some bands, it's not. There are a lot of bands out there where it's business and, you know, it's quite sad. You know, I've certainly, there's some bands out there that I adore and then I, I hear from someone who works with them or knows them and they're like, yeah, they hate each other. And I'm, I'm crushed. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. I want you to love each other because I love you so much. We're so like, I know everyone says it, but the bottom line, we are, we're just such good friends and we love, we love each other dearly. And there's just never any drama. Everyone's just so on the same page and everyone wants to, everyone wants to be there. Everyone wants to do it. Every show, every practice, every recording studio, we can't wait to get, we're early. Like we want to get there. We enjoy the planning. We enjoy loading the plan. We enjoy every aspect we don't overly enjoy carrying Max's eight fucking 10 bass cab up 50 flights of stairs to play to 20 people. But it sounds great though. I reckon it sounds that. great. It's totally but, worth it. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, every now and then depends. Ask a bass player. They'll say yes. Ask everyone yeah. else. Ask, ask, Passy, ask our bass player. It's totally worth it. Put it through the now. fucking PA. Fuck that big box. I don't want to carry that. It's but, not that big know. anyway. And we're like four people. We're four grown men. You know? I don't care. It's too big. <laughs> but, okay. You know, we, we, we genuinely, and I feel really lucky to be in a band with people that just love being in a band. They just love it. And I think we wouldn't, the amount of stuff we've been through and the situations we've been through, the amount of highs and lows we've had, the amount of broken promises, the amount of crushed dreams, the amount of nearly moments we've had, but throw that with the moments we have had, which are dreams and we never thought we'd ever get, mix that with being stranded in one of the hottest deserts in the world because your band catches fire and hitchhiking to Vegas to play a sold out show. <laughs> you mix that all into a ball and it's like, we love it. We love every minute of it. And we're so ready to come back. And when it's safe to do so, and when it's safe for people to get in venues and everyone can get back to it, we're going we're gonna to be there like more charged up and more ready than ever because that's what we do. And, and that's never going away. The new songs are going to be fucking amazing. This live show is going to be even better because... I feel like we're all caged animals at the minute and when we get out, it's just going to be crazy. So yeah. um, we'll be back, but just we're just having some downtime like the rest of you. And I think for mental health as well, I think you just need to step away from it every now and then because if you're thinking about something all day, every day and you you live and breathe being in a band, if you can't do it, it really gets to you. And there's been times in the Absolutely. last year, I've had days where I'm like, fuck, yeah. like I'm so miserable today because... I think you're so right. I think I think to to be to be in a genuine band because you love it. I think if you ask anyone, especially at bands like the size that we're playing at and the shows yeah. we play and we've been lucky to do, I think if you spoke to every person, it all starts with that small goal. I never said to myself, "I want to, I want to hang off a balcony at Kentish Town Forum in front of three and a half thousand people and do a guitar solo." Yeah. I never thought I'd do that. I, I can't believe I have done it. And it wasn't my fault. The guys in the band forced me. They're like, you're going to solo off that balcony. We're going to get your our guitar tech, Kev, is going to hold your belt. You're going to hang over it and you're going to solo. And at this point in the song, you're going to run off stage, run through four doors, which are going to be held open to you by security guards. You're going to go up these fucking steps while still trying to play on a wireless to fucking three and a half thousand people. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Just in time for that precise moment where Cal goes, on the balcony, Tom, how you doing? Fuck, shit, I'm out of breath, I'm knackered, and I'm now soloing. It. I nailed it. I never once thought to myself when I picked up a guitar, that's what I'm going to do. My yeah. first goal ever 
was to be able to play the intro to Back in Black by ACDC. <laughs> the that thing was, that, that I... Was, that was there for me. That was the goal. That was the end dream. My Olympic stadium yeah. was, I'm going to play. Here I am. That was it. And then, oh, but, you know, God. you learn that riff and then suddenly your next goal is, I'm going to play the solo in Back in Black. And then you <laughs> learn the solo. And then the next goal is, I want to play Back in Black with a band, with my friends. Yeah. I want to be able to play a song from start to finish. And then I want to play a gig. And then I want to play my own songs at a gig. And then I want to support a band. And I want to headline. Then I want to talk. And it's just, I think it's just progression. If you love it so much, and that's and that is exactly what, what i tell my what i say to my friends that are not in like bands or in the music business i've never come across one guy or girl that got into this for fame or money first of all no. you don't make money playing rock music anymore <laughs> and you might as well be a dentist yeah and i i've I, i've never come across some someone that went yeah, so first I, I, I looked at, I don't know, I looked at Liam Gallagher and I liked the way he conducted himself and this rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah. That's not what got, what got any of my friends into guitar playing. They wanted to play like, I don't know, Basket Case. And yeah, 100%. Yeah, that doubt. They wanted yeah. to find out the riff of What's My Age Again because it's bloody hard to play. And <laughs> it still is for me, though. And, yeah, 100%, dude. I still find that one out. <laughs> and, but you, uh, it was, and yeah, so, so, so no, nobody got into this for, like, fame. And even, you know, um, it's not... I'm, I'm never... I don't know about you, but I'm never starstruck when I meet, when I meet those people. Like, when we do, uh, this, when we do shows yeah. with, like, very well-known acts, I'm just... I. There's a German saying that goes, they all cook with water, directly translated, which yeah, is very English, wise. There's an English saying which says they all shit and piss. <laughs> I so know that one. <laughs> yeah. But that's, so, that's and, basically the same thing. So it's just a human yeah. being. He's a great musician and he's like talented and all that kind of stuff, or she. Yeah. But, but, um, but he's still a human being, so treat, treat, treat them as such. You know, Don't be 100%. like... I, I think to start with, I, I think when we first started playing the bigger level of shows, like the first time we ever played with Simple Plan, we were on a double-decker tour bus, which yeah. again, that was another goal. Can't believe we got, we've been lucky enough to do that a number of times and hopefully we'll continue to do that. Yes. Um, we're on this bus uh, with a band called Ghost Town from LA and we're driving to Madrid to start a four and a half week long tour with Simple Plan. The dream, like that's it. I'm done. Like this is the best fucking thing ever. And it's a two day drive. Our bus crashes into a side wall of a tunnel, rips half the fucking expensive tour bus off, <laughs> smashes the windscreen, rips the wing mirror off, and it rips all of the cladding off the side of the bus. I got, I, I rolled out my fucking bed because it was so aggressive when it hit. Everyone was like, what the hell is going on? Long story short, we missed the first show of tour in Madrid. It's the biggest show of our lives it would have been at that point. Four and a half thousand people in this huge auditorium we get to the venue we have to accept that we're not going to make it we can't play the show so the opening bands for simple plan weren't going to be there so yeah. some local band got the phone call we can you get to the venue in an hour because you're going to be main support with simple plan imagine getting that call for that local yeah. band and i'm really glad they got to have that because we got we've had 12 weeks of playing music with simple plan or whatever yeah. over the years. it's a dream but, come um, true for them yeah it's a dream come true for them i'm so glad that someone got the opportunity from our you know our Upset, your, your misery know. yeah <laughs> but we walked into the venue as simple plan were on stage and i just remember being backstage looking up and i remember seeing uh pierre on stage and thinking holy shit that's pierre from simple plan this is a big deal there's jeff there's chuck what the fuck there's Seb. there's david like this this is fucked up and yeah. then they come off stage and they come off and the crowd are going mad and they're going to do their encore and pierre just walks up and goes Hey, what's up? Boy, are you guys okay? We've been really worried about you, dude. I tell you what, wait there two seconds, I'll be right back. How are you going? And then he just casually walks back out into front of 4,000 people who are like crying and screaming because they're so huge. Uh, and he's like, thank you so much. This is our last, last like encore. Bye. And it was just, then he, was, he came off stage and they gave us so much time and they spoke to us. And I went from being starstruck for like a 10 minute window of just, I'm in Madrid, I'm in Spain. I've just traveled on a tour bus. We yeah. crashed. <laughs> and now I'm just, Oh, hi, Pierre. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Now, my friend, Pierre. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah, best friend. <laughs> you know, now, 
we do actually class simple plan as our friends they yeah. they are amazing to us they've given us so many opportunities we've had so many good memories so many laughs so many beers so many fun times so much so that we could text them and be like we're making a video for a song called reasons we would love it whilst you're on walk tour yeah. you can just learn for us and sing it yeah no worries here it is like that's a band that were on my wall growing up and that's a band that we can text now on whatsapp and they're always looking out for us and they've given us the best opportunities in our life and i think being starstruck and realizing people are people and treating people like people means you make friends and i think yeah. that's one of our strengths in the bottom line is we just love people and you know going back to like being in a band and the best bits i think the best bit of being in a band wholeheartedly and i think anyone's lying if they say it's not true is the people you meet like i've i don't know i've never met you before i don't think have we ever met before maybe i was drunk somewhere i don't know i don't but think like, so I don't think we've ever met. Maybe we have by fluke somehow, but I wouldn't be speaking to you if you didn't play in your band and I didn't play in my band. Yeah, and absolutely. We'll speak again. We're going to go on tour, we're going to drink beer and then we'll make a friendship from it. And I think being in a band, the 100% the best part is the people you meet. I got a really funny like WhatsApp message sent to me yesterday from Manny who played drums in Ghost Town, who lives out in LA doing some crazy film scoring projects. And he's yeah. just like, complete polar opposite of my life in a quiet little place in england he's out there in la and he's just like sending me voice notes saying yo dog i miss you i miss you so much man i'm just like why the hell are we friends like i wouldn't he lives on the other side of the world to me in a completely different world to what i live in in my bubble and yet we're friends and i just think that's the best bit about it it's the music mate yeah one of the hard yeah and i think one of the hardest parts of covid is missing the people you get used to seeing once or twice a year and also it sucks not meeting the new people and i, and I think that really for me personally that's been the hardest part music will always be there we'll always play music but it's not you know, it's not on hold uh, it's it's not cancelled it's only on hold it's sure man absolutely. the world yeah. is taking a taking a deep breath but too much of a breath from for for what i think but yeah, yeah so <laughs> so cool uh um and let, let's wrap this up here if that's fine with you absolutely um, for the people listening still listening after our firefighter nerd <laughs> nerd stuff and all that kind of stuff uh tom and i and our bands are gonna go on tour together in june let's just say this is gonna happen definitely okay, it's even if we're not allowed we're coming yeah <laughs> there, there'll be no one there but i'm just gonna stand outside the venue and be there as long as they let you out of your country after the brexit thing it's gonna be fine Absolutely. Um, yeah. we can't wait to share a stage with you guys we can't wait to hang out get to know you guys and watch you guys play every night as well we'll be a cool. retreat for us so we're cool. you say hi to the rest of the guys we can't wait to see you all take care and, dude. Uh, i'll see you in in summer time i hope absolutely man look after yourself take Stay care safe cheers bye, bye. So there it was, my conversation with Tom Newton of The Bottom Line. I want to thank Tom once again for being on my show and for the great conversation that we had. And I'm going to leave you with a song by Tom's band. This is Reasons by The Bottom Line on Plenty of Noise. I'll see you guys in February. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.
shit out.